Jamie Nye, Drew Remenda with you here in the Green Zone on this Tuesday afternoon. Uh, taking a look at the highway hotline with some blustery conditions around Saskatchewan. A limited visibility on area highways. It's Kindersley, Rosetown, uh, down through uh, El Rose. A little bit further south, the uh, Cabri areas as well. Winter driving conditions exist around Regina, Lumsden. Uh, no highways out there right now reporting travel. Not recommended, but we'll keep you up to date on the highway hotline uh, with a little blast of snow. Is this a Alberta Clipper? Is that what we're doing? An Alberta Clipper, uh, Drew Romano. Okay. 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 Apparently there's a, there was a little bit of a storm here today. Well, tonight might be a nice, might be an interesting flight into Montreal tonight after the game. Well, maybe we can get a weather update from uh, uh, Justin Dunk. Uh, Drew's in Toronto tonight, uh, Justin, with the uh, Sharks. Are you going to the game tonight or, or not? No, I didn't get offered any free tickets. You only go yeah, if it's a free it's ticket? You want to come to San Jose, babe, anytime. You've got you've got prime seats. You want to come to San Jose. Trust me on that one. I'll get you a suite for crying out loud. Cali, baby. <laughs> anytime, man. Anytime. Can't stay with us, though. i got a really small place, and, I, and Michelle doesn't know you very well. But other than that... You, you Where would he down. sleep? You have like a you have a loft. No, I sleep on the floor. I sleep on the floor. On the beach. Yeah. Okay. Oh, you sleep right. on the floor for me? No, no, no. no. I no. give up the floor. Yeah, I give up the floor for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of guy I am. Love it. <laughs> okay, uh, Justin Dunk. There's lots of CFL news going on over the last uh, few days here, and some restructuring of deals, including today. Official from Jeremy O'Day, Trevor Harris restructures his deal with the Rough Riders. Do you got the goods yet, Justin, on how much he's making? Have they submitted that or what? A little bit. So I do know that he was due a $250,000 active Roth February <laughs> 1st. But for these American guys, they can benefit from a tax perspective. So that active roster bonus was turned into a signing bonus. So on this new contract, he gets a $250,000 signing bonus. That helps him. On taxes, the other details I still need to figure out, but usually in these situations, and I'm going to kind of uh, speculate here with Trevor Harris and his contract, you might lower the base salary, help out the team on the cap, and the team helps you out by giving you that big chunk of upfront money because it benefits the American players. So that's what I know of this contract. So it doesn't sound like they're going to save a bundle of money. It's not like they cut it in half like the Tiger Cats did with Bo. No, definitely not. It was not a Bo Levi Mitchell situation, but I mean, until the numbers are in, we won't really know exactly how much more cap room this opened up for Jeremy O'Day, Corey Mason, the Rough Riders. But for him to get that chunk up front shows that he's going to be the starter going into the season. So I need to get the other details, specifically the base salary, to see what his rate will be at for 2024. Is this the right move for the Rough Riders to keep Harris and not maybe? look elsewhere at trying to bring a, a younger quarterback in that they can grow with? You know, Drew, I think that's a valid question. And when you kind of look at the market, perhaps the Rough Riders might have been able to pull something off like the Elks have done with McLeod Bethel-Thompson and bring him back to the CFL and to Edmonton. But you know, I honestly think if you compare those guys head-to-head that – I would rather have Trevor Harris. I think he's a little more spry. I think he moves better outside the pocket a little bit better than McLeod Bethel-Thompson. I think the upside is better there with Trevor Harris, and he already has some 
relationships with guys on the team at this time. And then you kind of look at some of the other possibilities. And unless you're willing to go all in on Drew Brown, who is definitely a dice roll at this point, does he have a lot of upside? Yes. But there's also the downside there that I think the floor that Trevor Harris provides is higher than what you might get from Drew Brown, especially in his first year as a full-time starter, if you're going to go that route. I know there's been a lot of talk about that around Saskatchewan. And then you really look at the rest of the quarterback market, and there's... have. Oh, we'll uh, check in with Justin. Uh, lost his cell connection. Just a phone from Sportsnet? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> You see her from time to time uh, over there. Uh, but uh, that is uh, the rider news, anyways, uh, was uh, the restructuring. That's what my sports that phone uh, used to do. Well, it's the. Yeah, anyways. Um, <laughs> Anytime I can take a shot at them, I take it. I know. I know. I and, I'm just... and the greatest thing is that they've got such great guys that come on their show all the time. I better shut up from here on. <laughs> Uh, Justin Duck is uh, now the other uh, story uh, with the uh, CFL and going through with the Rough Riders is the coaching staff. Uh, Any more word on who Corey Mace is bringing? Yeah, I know that Josh Bell is going to be heading to Saskatchewan, and I haven't been able to unearth any other little details yet because I still think there's some things at play here. But it did seem when Corey Mace spoke from the winter meetings in Nashville that he's getting pretty close to filling out that stuff. What, you, where's Andrew Harris uh, coaching? What, what's going on? He's not going back to Okanagan. Um, what, what, what's happening with Andrew Harris? <laughs> I don't think he's going to be coaching. You know, from what I understand with Andrew Harris and his post-playing career, let's say, I don't think he's going to be a coach. I know there's some speculation on that, perhaps him going to I don't really know where that came from, but based on the last time that you know I've had communication with Harris or people around him, I think that he's looking at things now that are outside of football. That could change if you get a contract put in front of you that you like, and it's maybe in the six-figure-plus kind of a range. But I don't think he's going to go down the coaching route quite yet. How long, uh, and answer honestly, please, how long did you keep talking till you realized that uh, you'd been cut off and not... not- <laughs> We were, we weren't hearing you. <laughs> it wasn't that wrong, but I said the word "sex appeal," and you guys didn't react. And then I was like, <laughs> so "There you go." Line dropped out. <laughs> <laughs> Justin Dunker, okay. analyst here on the Green Zone, because I'm one of those guys that go on for, as you know, forever. Um, and then the phone starts going. Boop. Oh, who have I been talking to all this time? Um, So the money they may save on the cap, besides offensive line, (laughs) where else does it have to go? Man, I just would stick a bunch of it at the offensive line, honestly. I think the guy that you got to have back is Sean Bain Jr. I think he's a guy that has still a lot of upside, and if you put him with you know, one quarterback like a Trevor Harris for an entire season that he could have even more of a productive season. And then I think, you know, some of that money is going to go to filling out this defense the way that perhaps Mace would like to see it. But I think offensive line has to be the number one priority. That's easier said than done because I don't think there's going to be a lot of experienced offensive tackles on the market. For example, Joel Figueroa has a sizable roster bonus coming up. He's under contract 
with the Tiger Cats, but I think they're probably going to keep them. And Kyle Walters talked today about Stanley Bryant, that even though his play has dipped a little bit from his own high standards, that compared to his peers in this league, he still played at a high level. So I think you got to find a solution there. I think there maybe are some guys in-house there. Um, what was the guy's name that played last year that got hurt? Is it Gerald Hawkins? No, well, there's a, everybody. Uh, Gerald Hawkins uh, was in there. <laughs> Uh, but, but he got hurt early on, right? Yeah. Like he's a guy that they're really high on. So, you know, I think you're going to have to look at a variety of ways to go about that. But invest in it as much as you can, and then if you don't feel like the dollar amount is worth it, then you know, get some of those playmakers around Trevor Harris or beef up that defense to help some of the other areas. Okay, how ticked off was Justin Dunk when uh, McLeod Bethel Thompson was named the starter <laughs> over Trey Ford with the Edmonton Elks? <laughs> I'll tell you what, it ruined my Christmas because I knew <laughs> wow. that this was going to happen or was coming to fruition, right? I had the report on Freedom and stuff on that the Elks were pushing. But in reality, at that time, I had heard that it was almost all but a done deal. I kind of worded things a little carefully. But honestly, yeah, man, it did ruin my Christmas. And I can get it, and I've had it explained to me from the Edmonton Elks perspective, right? Chris Jones didn't say this exactly, but he's in win-now mode. He knows he has to win to save his job. So I'll ask you fellas this. If you were Chris Jones and you knew you had to have a winning record, plus probably either host a playoff game or win a playoff game, would you trust McLeod Bethel Thompson in a contract year, let's say, or Trey Ford? Scottish Warrior. Yep, yep. MBT. But also, but also I'll add to that, I doubt that you're not, I doubt that your Christmas is the first one that, that Jones has ever ruined. <laughs> <laughs> and guys, you know, I hate saying it in terms of, you know, being okay with McLeod Bethel Thompson being the starter there, but, you know, it does make sense for Edmonton. I do think it's playing it safe in a way because I think Trey Ford yeah. has a really big upside. And, you know, you even look at the CFL marketing when the schedule initially dropped before this MBT signing became official and they were pushing Trey Ford in their schedule, right, in his matchups because everybody was so intrigued. So, you know, I do think in the long run this could perhaps benefit Ford because he really hasn't had a quarterback there to the caliber of McLeod Bethel-Thompson to learn the nuances of being a pro. So I think this is really actually going to help him as much as he's frustrated. Talk to Chad Kelly about how much McLeod Bethel-Thompson helped him in that year with the uh, Toronto Argonauts. So uh, final one, it's winter meetings. They're going over rule changes uh, today and tomorrow with the rules committee. Uh, I'll ask you about the dribble kick first. Should it stay or should it go? Keep it in, man. Come on, it's a hard play to execute. What else are they going to change? Any other rules uh, that you're hearing that they're kicking around? I don't think there's anything too major. I'm sure they're going to look at some more stuff to potentially improve some scoring. But honestly, guys, the one thing that I hope that they change and probably won't happen this time around is put the hash marks back. That really has shown that it didn't affect scoring in any tangible way. And I think it's really one of the unique things in our game to really give a true wide side of the field and short side of the field. It's become too much like the NFL or the NCAA game now where so much of it's played in the center of our field on a wider field, I might say. So I would love for them to go back to the traditional Canadian football hash marks. All righty. So we all agree on the dribble kick, hey? Because Dave Dickinson wants it out, I'm pretty sure. No fun Dave wants that thing out of there. (laughs) He 
does want anything, to go. Anything, yeah, anything that his team can't execute, I want to go. Done. <laughs> you, you know, the one interesting thing that Dave Dickinson did talk about, and I'm not sure how I feel about it yet, but I'll put it out there, is a catch being a catch being a catch in any league. So he was talking about how in the CFL you only need one foot down, the same thing as in youth sports and in American football. On a smaller field, of course, it's two. You know, I don't necessarily agree or disagree with him right now, but I do think it's somewhat interesting that, you know, you might try to keep that consistent across all football, but I also think it's something that's unique to Canada. So I'm back and forth on it. What do you guys think? But he wants to make it like a two foot down to get be a catch? Yeah, he didn't specifically say that, but I think he would ideally like one unifying body, which is not going to happen. The state. Are we trying to help the offense or not? Like, come on! I'm a, two, I'm a two, I'm a two guy. You're One in. foot. You got to, you got to be in. You got to be inbounds, two feet. It makes for spectacular catches, and athletes have to adapt. So I'm, I'm a two footer. He makes a compelling. But that shouldn't, be, that shouldn't be a surprise coming from me because everybody knows I'm American. Stop trying to make the CFL. <laughs> All the same. Let's go to four downs and let's go to two feet catches. Let's go to 100 yards and by let's 45. Have every, let's, let's move have the goalposts to the back like Daryl Davis yes, wants. Let's yes. get rid of the rouge. Let's, have, let's, let's move teams to Birmingham. Yeah. <laughs> let's have 96 of the top 100 programs be football. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm in. <laughs> That'd be great for the CFL, but I don't think we need to change the game for that to happen. Uh, that is our CFL analyst, Justin Dunk. Can I still say Happy New Year to Justin uh, Drew? Sure, or you no? can. Okay, you haven't yeah. talked to him. Yeah, Happy yeah. Happy New Year, Justin. Happy New Year, fellas. <laughs> And uh, me and Justin Dunk camping out on Drew Mendes' floor in San Jose. Can't wait. This is 980 no, CJME. I'll get you a hotel. 650 CKOM. <laughs> Time now for the Green Zone One Minute Drill, the latest in sports. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders uh, did make it official today that Trevor Harris has restructured his contract. No true details, but as our Justin Dunk just told us, he will get a $250,000 signing bonus rather than the roster bonus that was due February the 1st. In the NHL tonight, the Toronto Maple Leafs hosting the San Jose Sharks, the Red Hot Winnipeg Jets, the Red Hot Edmonton Oilers, and the Red Hot Vancouver Canucks all in action uh, tonight as well. And in the National Football League, another coach was fired. Bit of a surprise, though, in Tennessee as Mike Vrabel uh, has been let go. And many are saying if Bill Belichick is gone in New England, Mike Vrabel, the former Patriot, might be the top contender for that job in New England. No word yet, though, on the future of Bill and the Patriots. What do you think? I think we find out tomorrow yeah. if he's staying. I think we find out tomorrow. I think they're negotiating um, a graceful exit. That's what I think. And today, uh, Apple TV dropped their trailer for uh, the yes. documentary on the New England Patriots. And, oh, I am all in on watching that. It looks like I, some tea will be spilt on the dynasty <laughs> and the relationship with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. This is 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Jamie and I, Jeremenda, with you here in the Green Zone on this Tuesday afternoon. Snowy Tuesday afternoon in Saskatchewan. 
Uh, keep us up to date if you can at one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five on anything we should pass along on the city main thoroughfares or if you're out in the highway and maybe would advise against travel. Of course, you're usually ahead of the highway hotline, but highway hotline right now uh, saying poor visibility around Rosetown, Kindersley, Outlook, and then further south, uh, just south of uh, Morse uh, through to Pontex and down into the southwest of the province. East looks fine right now, although uh, highways might be deteriorating a little bit around Yorkton. Well, earlier today, I, I was fired up, Drew Amanda, when I saw this drop. What's that? The, the trailer for the Dynasty documentary on Apple TV for the New England Patriots. In pro football, nobody's entitled to anything. You have to go out there and earn it. I was pretty intent on proving myself. We were going to determine the future of football in New England. The Patriots are superstars. First dynasty of the century. This game is like a narcotic. You're chasing that forever. Breaking news right now. Spygate. Deflategate. Aaron couldn't separate himself from that dark side. That team won enough to become the villain. We worked for Bill, but we played for Tom. Bill tore Brady's head completely off. There's things that are done that can't be undone. I was just trying to hold it together the best I could. This team will be scrutinized, celebrated for as long as the game of football is played. It'll be released about the week after Super Bowl on uh, Apple TV is uh, Dynasty. Uh, a look at the New England Patriots. It sounds better than Swamp Kings because Swamp Kings <laughs> was ridiculous. Like Urban Meyer, I mean, what what Urban Meyer were you guys showing? And did you even mention Aaron? They mentioned Aaron Hernandez. Hernandez was did he even go to Florida State? The Florida Gators. Uh, Florida Gators. I mean, yeah. no, it doesn't. We never hear from here. Well, he them. did, but. It wasn't yeah, in the Swamp yeah, Kings yeah. documentary. That's exactly. on Netflix, right? That's a Netflix one. Yeah, it's so glossed over. This sounds like it's that's a great line though. We worked for Bill, but we played for Tom, which is what you want. You want that. You want them to play for each other, especially you want them to play for a fellow, you know, for your quarterback. But uh well the one yeah, line of Bill tore Tom's head completely Tom's head off. Completely off. Yeah. Yeah, like, okay. Robert Kraft, I was just trying to keep this uh, thing together as long as I could. And you're I like, could. Whoa, here we go. On uh, This this looks like last dance-ish yeah. uh, that we saw with uh, the Chicago Bulls dynasty. Uh, that was, but what was that, 10 episodes? Yeah, yeah. But if you're Bill Belichick, do you have to apologize for anything? No, you have six... No. Super Bowl you, rings. You won. Yeah, exactly. And and if you're if you're Tom and the other Patriots, you don't have to pull any punches with Bill either because you guys won it. But over the last so, three years, four years, Bill's reputation as greatest coach of all time has petered out, it was, hasn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah, but it was the one year. It was Tom's Tampa year where they won the Super Bowl that changed the narrative completely there was that argument between tom and and bill oh it's tom's just just playing in the right system bill belichick's the real genius bill belichick's nothing without tom when really the truth was in the middle which is 
Bill was a hell of a coach and pressing the right buttons and doing the right things. And that team was winning because Tom was the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. So there, it, it was half, it was half truth for both, but you had your fans or your factions. I'm picking team Tom. I've come all the way over to team Tom on this one. It's you not, have. it's not, 50, it's not 50, yeah. 50. It's, you know, 75, 25 to me, uh, yeah. siding on Tom Brady over well, Bill Belichick on that dynasty. How many times do we say, it can't be about the guy behind the bench. It can't be about the guy on the sidelines. I, I, I well, am a Corey big Mace, believer. Corey Mace has said it. Great players make great coaches. He's he, he yeah. now and he's a coach and he was a player. He's like that's what it is. Great yeah. players make great coaches. So I need as many great players in Saskatchewan to become a great coach. It can't just be me. Like gr- gr- as great as you can be, you're going nowhere if you don't have the players around you. Yeah. So and it's. Coaches get too much credit when they win, when they have a winning team, and too much criticism when they have a losing team, when really it's it's the horses in the race. If you don't have the horses that are fast enough, you're not winning any races. It's just as simple as that. The jockey can do all the whipping ease he can possibly muster, but it comes down to it, you got an egg, and you're not going to win. So, uh, so I, I'm, it's a month away, just over a month away from the Super Bowl and a week after – uh, it is uh, the debut episode of uh, Dynasty on Apple TV is where it's being released. Do you, do you have the uh, Apple TV, Drew Amanda? We do. Yeah. What was the big show? Was, was Ted Lasso? Was that, that that was Apple? Yeah. I never I never watched it. See, never I was it. a holdout like Drew Ramenda. Spite- Drew and I are similar in very uh, in a lot of aspects. Actually, um, <laughs> does it wait a minute before you go any further? Does that hurt you to say nowadays? Uh, less so years now, ago, you would never... <laughs> less so at 42 than at 32. I can tell you that much. <laughs> exactly. You're exactly right. <laughs> uh, of course, both extremely well-dressed. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> by, t- by both of our attires today. <laughs> During I'll be the... changing shortly. Well, well, I hope so. You're on, t- are you TV tonight or radio tonight? TV night. Oh, TV, TV night. Who? Look yeah, out. Three-piecer tonight? or No, I actually wore it last game on when I thought Hockey Night in, cameras might, Hockey Night in Canada cameras might get a flash of me on the bench, so that's why I wore the three-piece last game. <laughs> it was the double-breasted or the three-piece, and I went with the three-piece. What, what, what's the collar? The pin collar or whatever you call it? What's the... Pin collar. Yeah, I've, I've got about three or four of those. Yeah. Uh, looking forward to that. But also, uh, Drew and I, when it comes to television, when people say watch this show... <laughs> Drew and I both go, nah, I'll pass. Yeah, exactly. You need to Just watch nice. this. Like everybody was all over me. Ted Lasso, it's the best thing. Why are you in sports? How are you not watching this show? And I'm like, nah, because too many people are telling good things about it. Exactly. Exactly. I, and I don't trust a lot of you that are telling me what tele- what is good and what is not good television. But Drew, I started watching it eventually three years behind everybody else. It's fantastic, is uh, Ted Lasso. I, Michelle. The beard, the beard oh my God, beard is hilarious <laughs> as a character on that show. We have, uh, we have a friend, uh, Michelle's good friend, that uh, got her Apple TV so she would watch Ted Lasso. And Michelle watched it. I, of course, You're walked out of the room. You're, yeah, you're I'm a holder. A I'm, never gonna, I'm never going to watch it. Does because anybody in your office have the believe sign up? The yellow 
believe yes. sign. Is so, that where that's from? Yes. Who has it? Like three or four people, and they like some young millennials who I don't know their names guess, anymore. I used to know everybody. Guess, but, who, guess yeah. who has it in the office? Guess who has that Ted Lasso believe thing? Uh, guess. No, 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 Britain. no, no, no. Really? No. In the building, not just on the green zone, just in the building. Oh, come on, Drew. People are probably texting the guests on who has the Ted Lasso believe mantra. No, come on. Are you kidding me? I don't know. Wheels. Oh, shh. <laughs> Wheels does. I forget he's part of the organization. <laughs> you give me a break on that one. I look at them as there. I don't even know who those people are over there. <laughs> of course he does. That So that explains why I will never, ever, ever watch that show. Because <laughs> wheels drew inspiration from it? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. All righty. Uh, coming up, uh, Truth or Trash Tuesday. We'll do a quick one on the dribble kick. That is the being debated as a rule change for the Canadian Football League. This is a little Alouette's trickery they did last year. Dave Dickinson wants it changed. He wants it gone out of the rule book because Dave Dickinson doesn't like fun. This is 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Jamie Niger, Amanda with you here in the Green Zone. Uh, real quick uh, comment on uh, people asking uh, our opinions of Jimmy Kimmel and Aaron Rodgers. Um, uh, here's the thing. You said it best. Um, two millionaires uh, who are using their public uh, shows and uh, audiences and soapbox uh, in a, a pissing match, which has more people watching them, like Pat McAfee today and probably Jimmy Kimmel tonight on his response to what Aaron Rodgers said, and it'll just... They're, they profit off of this stuff, so yeah, okay. You think Aaron Rodgers think, is a dumb dumb and conspiracy theorist, and you are hinting at the Epstein list. Okay, cool. Yeah. But I will give Aaron Rodgers this. His line today about a guy that went to Arizona State and has 10 writers, and joke writers, can read off a prompter. and can read, a, can read off a prompter, I'm really impressed. I See, here's good. the one thing oh, I, I, I promised I wouldn't talk about it. Here I am talking about ah, it. The, the it one thing time. that Jimmy Kimmel said, was it last night? Last night that I don't have time yeah. for is talking about people's education, that he went to oh, JUCO yeah. and he only went three semesters. I couldn't care less if somebody went to college or didn't go to college or graduated from high school or didn't graduate from high school. Their intelligence is proven by who they are and... There's some very intelligent people out there who never went to college. So throwing that down people's throat on your, you, you can't be taken seriously because you don't have a university degree. Please. There's difference. There's a difference between educated and smart. Oh yes. Um, anyways, uh, football at four coming up. Britton Gray and I will uh, debate a little bit more about this, um, but it is about the dribble kick. And it's a quick vote for uh, Saskatchewan fans. What do you think of the dribble kick? The Montreal Alouettes did it a few times last year. One time they failed. They didn't do it right, and the ball was turned over. Two times they were successful, where the receiver has to catch the ball behind the line of scrimmage 
and kick it over the line of scrimmage, jump on it, and it's a reset and first down for the Montreal Alouettes. Dave Dickinson wants the rule out. And it's the, the it was the number one topic for the rules committee. Like issue number one, dribble kick dribble is kick. on the agenda in Nashville for the winter meetings. Should it stay or should it go, Drew? It should stay. It's in the rules now, and the only reason you don't like it is because you couldn't pull it off. And the uh, some other team you play against was good at it. It's the same thing as the bro push or the tush push or whatever you want to talk about. You want to call it whatever you want to call that, that some teams are against it because they couldn't stop the Philadelphia Eagles from doing it. The The bottom line is this is what we saw in the NHL for a lot of things. My lovely wife's calling. I'm on the, I'm on the show right now, honey. Wait a minute. Oh, okay. Honey, I'm on the show right now. I'll tell you about that. You're, you're, you're on the you're on the radio. Just say hi. Okay. Bye. Uh, <laughs> you got to answer your phone with your family. Um, but that's actually one of Gordon Rawlinson's rules in meetings. I know. Rolko meetings. That's Gordon Rawlinson's yeah. rule: if your wife calls you, you leave the meeting and answer the damn phone. That's a rule with Gordon Rawlinson in the building. So, yeah. uh, Drew. <laughs> so I do what the boss tells me. So it was like the trapezoid in, in, in hockey. Okay. New Jersey, Marty Berger was really, really good at it. Ken Holland didn't like that. He brought it forward. And then they, a few years later, they said at a meeting, Hey, maybe we should take that trapezoid out. And Lou apparently like lost it. And, uh-uh, no way. You guys didn't. Uh-uh. You wanted it. It's here to stay. I guess Lou was apparently, this is the rumor that he, he had just, well, said, yeah, no. because it was the Mart- yeah. Martin Brodeur rule. He had the best goaltender. Exactly. It was garbage. So, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's, it's too provincial of a thinking uh, point for these coaches to want to get rid of it. As far as provincial, like their own little yeah. territory. I, do you know why I yeah. like this rule? Is because it might allow for a little bit bigger plays on the because usually third or second and twenty teams are playing way off, and that's why Montreal yes. does it. They're playing so so. If you have to come up and respect a little bit more, so they don't do it, there could be a bigger play in behind the defensive backs, which I think is a good thing. It actually might have helped Montreal in the Grey Cup on their final drive because it was second and long, or a third and uh, long a little bit, and that's when Cody hit the big play on down the left side. It's yeah. like they had to respect yeah. it just a little bit more. So I hope they don't change the rules. I, I like some of the quirkiness of the Canadian Football League. Sometimes those really like. rules comes up. So no. Don't change it. Drew and I are agreed, but maybe you think it's gimmicky and dumb and needs to go. one 332 8255